Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. Well, hey, everybody. So glad you guys are here with us. One more edition of the podcast that is the Mosaic of Marion. Hey, I'm Pastor Hank speaking. And once again, I got my trusty sidekick, Miss Mona. Hey, Miss Mona. Hey, it's good to be here again. She is seriously a woman of few words in the introduction. I never know what to say. Well, you know, just be nice to say something. Well, I am happy to be here. Well, good. (laughs) I'm, I'm glad you're not sad. No. I mean, good, great. Hey, so we're glad you're here. And um, we actually, we have so much to say today that we're pretty sure we don't get it all in. Well, we don't usually. But having said (laughs) that, we're going to try. So um, once again, I am Pastor Hank Meadows, and I'm pastor of Marion Baptist Church. This is the Mosaic of Marion, and Miss Mona is with me. And we're going to jump in. If you have your Bibles, I pray that you do Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to start at verse 19, and we're just going to see how far we get in that. Last week... Tell you what, why don't you recap last week, Miss Mona, about Abel? Well, last week we, um, because we were supposed to be in chapter 11 of Hebrews, but we're taking a little left turn, um, because last week we talked about Abel and that Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice, it said. And we talked about um, acceptable worship and what that means and what worship is. Um, and so that just kind of naturally led to us wanting to talk about the fact that we are able to worship and how we are able to worship and how we are able to enter into the throne room of God. And so that led us to (coughs) Hebrews chapter 10. And so today what we want to really deal with is that truth about how today that you and I, any saved believer can enter into the presence. We don't have to go through a blood sacrifice. Well, we have to go through a blood sacrifice, but not as they did back right. in the day when they had to do them over and over and over and over and over and over. One of my favorite scriptures, and I can't find it right now. It's somewhere, I think, in actually chapter 10 or chapter 9 of of Hebrews um, when it says he did this and then he sat down. Oh, there it is yes. right there in chapter 10. <laughs> just before this, it says verse 12, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice, he yes. sat down. Yes. Yep. That means the work was done. Right. So I, that just sort of, you know, gets me all kind of jacked up, yep. fired up, man. And um, let's not take that rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> let's just keep going with um, Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. So I'm going to read it this week. We'll throw you another little curveball. I'll do the reading this week. And once I read... You jump in. Uh, okay. Actually, let's open up with prayer. Okay. Wait a second. You want to pray first? Sure. You think we should pray? <clears throat> we should. Okay. <laughs> let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. God, I do I do love the fact that we can laugh <clears throat> because in Scripture, once again, you tell us that um, laughter doeth good like a medicine. <clears throat> it's always good for our heart. There's so much sadness and heartache in the world that those moments of laughter and, and fun and jolly or what will help you make it through those tough times along with you, Jesus. So as we come today, we offer up this time to you. God asks you to use it. I pray for each person out there that will be listening, no matter where they're at, what their location is. But, Father, they will be listening. And something said, because we've submitted to your will and your way in this time, and we've offered it as a living sacrifice, that they will be drawn into a closer relationship and walk with you. Lord, we love you, and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Therefore, brothers, 
since we have confidence to enter the holy place, holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And then, I want to just, well, not this verse. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Here's the part. For those that say that we are not called to go to church in the Bible, mm-hmm. that the Bible doesn't say it, um, let me just say this very succinctly, and I'm going to say it with all the love I can muster up to. Wrong. Um, <laughs> here's what the Bible says. It says, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, so I, I was at, literally, quick story. I was asked one time, mm-hmm. I was actually told one time by a gentleman that nowhere in Scripture does it say we're to meet together. So I quoted him that verse. Right. He looked at me and said, what does that mean? <laughs> I said, it means y'all go to church. church right. <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't, don't tell me that. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Wow. Where do we start? Where do we jump in? Um, well, I guess we started at the beginning, and as you started reading it, I, that word confidence jumped out at me, and that we um, can have confidence, we can have boldness to enter into God's throne room, to enter into um, His presence. And we don't have to go by way of a mediator. I mean, we have Jesus that is there sitting at His right hand as our um intercessor, but we don't have to go through somebody else to get to God. Unlike the Israelites who had to go through the, um, it was just the priests and the high priests who were able to do it. Um, but we don't have that. We can just enter. We can just walk right into God's throne. Room. We can be in his presence. And we walk in that way confidently yes, and boldly, as right. you said. And if you go back to chapter four in yes. Hebrews verse 16, it says, let us then with confidence, John. some translations will say that let us boldly enter. Mm-hmm. Um, Draw common draw near to the throne of grace. Now, I love that that definition of the throne where yes. Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit reside. It's not the throne of judgment for the believer. It's right. not the throne of of justice or it, it is the throne of grace. Right. Yes. And you'll find mercy and grace. Yes. Um, I actually wrote a blog post on that verse um, and and just dealt with um making you think as you're reading it, where do you need to find mercy? And you can receive it at the great throne of grace. Where do you need re- grace in your life right now? You can find it there at the throne. I, I'm real. I'm starting. This is just FYI for next year. Um, I want to preach three or four sermon series on grace. Mm-hmm. Just really focus yeah. on grace. And because it's so important to the Christian right. life, right. it's really our foundation is the grace that God showed us. Right. So we enter that way. Now, when it says that, though, do we enter that way like some cocky, <laughs> I'm all that in a bucket of fries, dude, just strolling up in there like we own the joint? Is that the what it means when it says with confidence or boldness? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> then what do you think? Well, I think we need to then continue on with that verse where it says, by the blood of Jesus. And so we need to recognize the fact that what it is that has opened that way mm-hmm. into the throne. And then it's not because of anything that we've done. And it's not because, um, certainly not because we are worthy of doing that on our own um, or that we earn it or 
are able to um, enter it that way, but it's not anything about us. It's about what Jesus did and the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Exactly. And, but you do walk in there confidently knowing that you've been covered yes. by the blood for the believer. Yes. But it's not a, a cocky walk. It's not, right. you know, like I own the joint walk. I'm better than you. It's a walk of I'm covered by the blood. I can walk in there confidently. Yes. It, it goes back when you start talking about the blood, it goes back. We know the picture is there. And, um, I don't want to jump way ahead of us, but it was behind the veil. And I want know you want to talk about the veil. Um, it w- The mercy seat was behind the veil right. where people, the priests entered once a year. Right. Now, I don't think they ever <laughs> entered boldly. Do you? I don't think so because they, they, um, they had to follow the measures that were given. The, and I was reading in Leviticus 16 this morning, and, and it was, um, I wanted to point out all the things, but it, there's just... We would be here a while. Um, <laughs> and the um, the blood of the bull and the blood of the goats and, and just sprinkling it on the altar and sprinkling it on himself and having to bring a, an atonement for himself. The high priest couldn't just go in. He had to bring an atonement for himself as well as then the people. And, um, and so there was a lot of work that he had to do and um, a lot of sacrifices that he had to make and a lot of blood that had to be shed. Um, and like we said before, um, he couldn't just do that one time and then that took care of everything. It had to be done over and over and over again. Let me just throw this in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not only that, but now, well, I don't know that this was exactly in the Bible, but it is tradition that they wore a rope yes. tied to their right. ankle just in case they got in there and they were not. Because Ready. nobody could go in and get them. Exactly. Because then they would die as well. So, yeah, what you, so <laughs> this dude who's been preparing for 24 hours, you know, basically he didn't sleep for 24 right. hours, afraid he would dream something that would make him unclean. Mm-hmm. So he stayed awake for a 24 hour period doing all these rituals right. and doing that. And he's going to put a rope on his leg and his ankle just in case. Because if not, I mean, are you going to roll up in right. there? No. Like you on the joint? <laughs> no. no. God, right. I mean, you, be, listen, God, if if nothing else, he is he is true to himself and he is holy. Yes. Now think about, we think about when David was bringing the ark back to Jerusalem, remember? And he, he didn't do it right. He put it on yes. a cart right. and the oxen stumbled and the one guy, Uzziah, just put his hand out. Right. We, we go. Well, that's a perfectly natural response. He was saving the ark. So <laughs> right. break, and God struck the man dead. Yes, right. So, <laughs> so I mean, you're gonna be the one to roll up in there. Right. No, I don't think so. Right. And and even Aaron knew he was told um, in Leviticus 16:2, God told Moses to tell Aaron that he was not to come into the holy place um, because lest he die. But this is the way that he was to come for the day of the atonement. And so Aaron knew that um, how much of a um, I totally lost the word I was going to use, but he knew the seriousness of it and the holiness of it and the um, and the fact that he couldn't just waltz in there. And he also had bells on the bottom of his stuff right. so that then on the outside, people would, you could knew what he was doing when he right. said, all right, he's doing this part now, he's doing this part right. now. And then if the bell stopped, yes. he's in trouble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's not clean as he needs. But so talk more about the veil. And then we're going we're gonna to go to the veil and then we're going to go back to this new and living way. That's really what I want to uh, really focus on. So uh, with the tabernacle tabernacle that was set up and they had the holy place um, and then they had the most holy place where the holy place was, most holy place was where the Ark of the Covenant was and the cover of that was the mercy seat and the cloud, um, God would descend and settle down on that mercy seat. And so that's where his presence was. And um, 
the, the veil was the divider between the holy place and the most holy place. And so that um, it, you couldn't just waltz into the most holy place. You couldn't go into the most holy place. It was a barrier between God and man. And as we've said that only the whole, most, the holy, the high priest was the only one who was able to enter into that most holy place once a year on that day of atonement that we were talking about, which is um, spelled out in Leviticus 16. And he had to go with blood. And so um, in that veil was, it says that it was 10 cubits high by 10 cubits long, which is about 15 feet. And so you figure it was 15 feet tall. Um, And so no person would be able to just reach up and touch the top of that. And that's significant because of what happened to the veil when Jesus died, Mm -hmm. which... (laughs) Trying keep to going, see I'm like, do you want me to keep going? Keep going. We know that when Jesus died, um, that the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. It wasn't torn from the bottom up, which uh, is what a human would do to it. Grab it where you can reach it and rip it. Um, but it was torn from the top to the bottom, which indicates that it was only God. It only could have happened because of God. Um, and so, and that it was torn from the top to the bottom so that that veil no longer um, stood between God and man, um, that the veil also didn't have any entrance into it in the middle. They would have to go around to the side of it in order to get into the most holy place. Um, so now it was torn. And, um, so the entrance was completely wide open. And what the the veil stood for was that there was something between us and God, right? It was sort of a picture of our sin, as it were, um, that there was something that divided us, um, from God because he's holy and we are anything but holy. Right. And now the other thing about it, now in case you're thinking that this was just some little simple little sheet, no. they say it was a hands width uh-huh. thick. Right, right. So think about the size of this sucker. Right, and the weight of it in, um, yes, yeah. You weren't going to just fall into this joint. Right. <laughs> you know, and I hate to, I'm trying, I hate And to even say that. just ri- like ripping it because it was so thick and made of such material that you couldn't, even just rip it from the, you couldn't yeah. grab it from the bottom, just rip it. So as you're out there, remind us, 15 feet high, mm-hmm. you say 15 feet wide, mm-hmm. they said, and your hand. Right. That was your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just not going to tear that sucker. Right. You, you, matter of fact, it had to be something to get in there. Right. Um, and so that's what we had between us. There was a barrier between us, right. between us and God. And then so it also leads to this truth. So, that's why that the Old Testament saints could not go right to heaven. Right. Because the barrier was still there because Hebrews chapter 10, not by the blood of bulls and goats. They still could not go into the presence of God. Now they went to paradise, right. which was sort of heaven light, mm-hmm. as it were. It was a wonderful place. But, and I don't really want to keep going down this rabbit <laughs> because then you just get into everything else. So, but let's say, but so now believers, so Old Testament saints could not go right into the presence of God because of their sins and they were not covered by the blood of Jesus. Now we can go into there. And so I want to go back to verse 20 that says the new and living way. So the way we come now is conversion, not ritual. Right. You spoke very eloquently and truthfully about that. It was ritual. Yes. The way that the high priest remember just the high priest would go in one time a year. Very rich, 24 hour ritualistic thing to make sure he was prepared and clean. Mm -hmm. 
dealt with blood on him, right. blood in his hand to throw on the no, mercy seat. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get into the goats that were before right, <laughs> that were right. pictures. Um, now we have conversion, not ritual. Right. Now you may say, well, what is conversion? Conversion is converting from an unbeliever to a believer. It's converting from a, a non-follower of Jesus to a follower of Jesus. It's it's converting your life, putting your life in the hands of Jesus, basically. Yes, right. Just accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that. And then the, the living way... Because think about this, the living way is speaks of also conversion because conversion is living. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said this yesterday or maybe a few Sundays ago. I think it was yesterday. You may be breathing, but that doesn't mean you're really living. Right. You never truly live until you find yourself fully engulfed in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Until you find yourself fully... Um, fully, fully, <laughs> Jesus. I know it sounds, fun, but it's the best way I could put it: fully, fully in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's really what a believer is—that it's it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's go right. to Colossians. Right. That's what I'm really trying. That's conversion. Is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Right. Now, the word hope. Once again, we're going to go back. Hope is not a, a hope so thing. It's right. a no so, and it's based in biblical truth. Yes. Religion is ritualistic and is dead. Yes. That's the thing. The law. In, in Exodus chapter 20 that Jesus gave really didn't bring life. It had no life-giving properties. Mm-hmm. It really showed that we were nothing but a bunch of flea-bitten, ragged, <laughs> dirty dog sinners. Right. I don't know how else to put that. And it was dead. It never gave life. It only, I mean, think about it. If you think about the law, it never gave life. It only gave death. Right. And because there was never somewhere in Hebrews, it says too that, I mean, it, we know it's, it says in chapter 10 that, um, there was no, through the blood of bulls and goats, there's no forgiveness of sins. And so, um, you know, it talks about how only through the blood of Jesus does that forgiveness come. And so that's why it had to go on continuously over and over and over again, because that those sins were never fully forgiven. Exactly, They were, um, I don't I lost. Covered. Them. Yes, but not forgiven right. and not um, set aside like they are be- with us because what do you of mean the blood with of us? With us, those of us who are believers who have accepted the um, sacrifice that Jesus made and the blood that he shed as payment for our sins. They didn't have that. So what does he do with our sins now? So now our sins are removed from us and are are spread as far as the east is from the west. And why does he say east from the west? Uh, You can tell that. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? I do love that. Because it's just a God thing. You never can quit going east. Right. Uh, you never can quit going west. But now if I go south, at some point I'm going to start going north. North, right. And if I'm going north, at some point I'm going to start going. So, in the, I mean, it's just a God thing. He says as far as the east is from the west. west. Well, right. they never end. Right. And so, you know, another place he put them in the sea of forgetfulness that right. we talk about. Um, now, here's a great question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Does God really forget them? Question. Um. Hank. <laughs> Here's the truth. I just want to see what you'd say. God chooses to not remember them is I right. think the best way I could think of. I didn't mean to put you on spot, but no, I like but, to and I it can. does say um, my memory's a little bit slow, but it does say that he remembers his our sins no more. Exactly. But it's not because he forgets. 
It's because he chooses he to not chooses remember. He chooses to not right. remember. And that's a, and it, now some of them again, but that means he forgot. No, it's a very different if it's thing. A, it's a deliberate, right. It's a choosing mm-hmm. not to remember. Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'll pay for that, y'all. A little bit later, I can look at her face and see. Hey, so let's move. I love this part, too. So then he says, so we've gone through the new and the living way that he, and we talked about the current, but listen, that he opened for us. Mm-hmm. Now, the word opened, you know, I'm big into definitions mm-hmm. of words, too. You are in the tenses. I'm into definitions. Well, I like definitions, too. <laughs> so the word open there means inaugurated. Mm. I wrote this in my in my Bible. God didn't just tell us how to live this life. He showed us. So he inaugurated, you get, we can get into the whole new covenant thing yes. that where it talks about the old covenant was you done away me, with. Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. There's yep. a, mm-hmm. I know I highlight, um, in speaking of the new covenant, this is in chapter eight. In speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. Absolutely. The word obsolete means antiquated. Right. Because we don't have to do, I mean, we're not yeah. up in here on Sunday morning with blood, with right. bulls and goats. Right. I was like so excited. I got way ahead of myself. <laughs> um, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And so Jesus did it. He says there, um, as he's talking, I forget which one of the gospels or or maybe if it's first Corinthians where he talks about the, um, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought, where he talks about um, the Lord's Supper, um, and he says that he's inaugurating the new covenant in his blood. Right. Mm-hmm. It started at his death and resurrection. It started really at his crucifixion, I guess you could say. He was writing it. So he just, and by the way, here's another truth, and I'm going to let you go. I can see you're ready to say no, something. Uh, <laughs> here's the truth. You can't live the Christian life outside of Jesus. Right. You know, I used to say, man, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. I was totally wrong. It's not the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's the most impossible thing you'd ever do is try to live the Christian life on your own. Only one person has ever done it, and that was Jesus himself. So you better let him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, live it through you. Right. So there you go. Well, the only only thing that... um is on my heart and mind is that this is why we need to read the old Testament. Yes. Because we can read the new Testament and we can read these things and we can read Hebrews and read these things about um, Jesus and what he did for us. And, and, but unless we have, unless we've read and studied the old Testament and know what those things mean, what, what was set before as um, a picture. Um, it says in Romans that what was written before was written for our instruction. And so if we just ignore the Old Testament, then we're not being instructed. Exactly. And so if we, if you've never read Leviticus 16, then you don't know what the Day of Atonement, what all it um, entailed, and you can't see that, oh my goodness, he put those sins on that goat and sent it away just like Jesus took our sins. Mm-hmm. And so you don't, you don't get that if you don't read and study the old Testament. And so, and, and God was, he didn't just set up these things for, um, to give them something to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he you guys should have <laughs> just seen her face. She did that, the movement that she just made. It was hilarious. Oh, I'm Atlanta. glad I crack you up. Yes. Um, but he set those things up very specifically and deliberately to give a picture of Jesus. <laughs> We've lost it. Totally lost. I've lost control. Oh. That was great. I've never seen you make a move like that in the whole time we're doing it, man. You just, she just, imagine just moving your head back and forth and shaking yourself. He just didn't do it. <laughs> I was making a very serious point. 
I didn't see anything very serious about your actions when you were doing that. Anyway, so yes, here, remember, here's the truth. Why now Ms. Mona has lost it. Um, the Old Testament is Jesus concealed. Yeah. You should look for Jesus Christ on every page yes. of the Old Testament. He's and it's there. there. And you and you think, well, I read it and I don't see it. Well, keep reading it. <laughs> exactly. Read it over you know, and over. Study it and find out um, because it's there. And the truths of Jesus become so much greater when you can say, when you can read the Old Testament and see um, how it sh- it shows a picture of Jesus, and we can then read the New Testament and see how he fulfilled those things. I want you to, if, you, if you've mm-hmm. never seen Jesus in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. I want you to do me this favor this week. I want you to go read Isaiah 53, mm-hmm. and I, the whole time I want you to picture Jesus on the cross. Yep. Seriously, do that, and you will begin to understand. And then, so write that down, Isaiah 53, read it with an eye to Jesus and the cross. Then go read Psalm 22. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay, so I want you to do that because that's where you're going to find Jesus. Those are two of the most obvious. Oh, yes. Right now, He's there, and mm-hmm. and like I said, my plan is right now, unless the Lord changes, I'm going to be preaching through parts of Leviticus come the mm-hmm. first of the year. Lord, pray for me, <laughs> um, because it's so in depth. Yes, and it's so, but it's so. I got a buddy of mine who would say this: it's just rich. It is with truth. It is, and um, as it pregnant with truth, and um, so. Wow, we have five minutes left. <laughs> That's what happens every week. So, guess what we're going to do, y'all? We're going to we're going to say uh, just a few other things here, and we're going to try to bring this to a close. And we're going to be right back here next week in the same passage. We're not going away from Hebrews eleven, but in the and we may do this throughout Hebrews eleven. If there's something else that really pertains to it, we're going to we're going to fully address those right. things. It's not enough to know how able came to God, it's much more important for right. you and I to know how you and I approach God. Yes, yeah, great for Abel. Right. And we need to know those truths. Right. Because it does have some indication for us, but we need to know now. Right. So. Right. Well, and so it, as you were saying that, then it just, um, you know, the thought came to me that oh, we started with talking about Abel and what was acceptable. And so, and then we moved into what is acceptable for us. And we talked last week about what it means to worship. And if you didn't listen to that podcast, I encourage you to do that. Um, and so, and then today, um, looking about how we are able to do that, how is it that we are able to enter the throne of, into the throne of God and worship him and, and come before him and seek his face and seek his mercy and seek his grace. Um, and so that's what we've um, been talking about today. Um, and I don't know about anybody else, but I know for myself, just the fact that I can stand before God, just, it, it stops me in my tracks. Absolutely. I and mean, it really does. Um, and, and just the fact that Jesus did that for us. And, and like I said, we don't have to have somebody else come and stand between us and God. It, we can stand right there in front of God. And, and not only did Jesus do it, but he did it while we were sinners. Right, exactly. Romans 5, 8. Right. It's just a powerful verse. Right. Um, and so here I want to, she's about to cry, y'all. Uh-huh. She's gone See, from, she's, she's about to cry <laughs> now. Bless you. You've had a good day already, man. If you can laugh and you can cry. That's right. Jim Valvano in his great speech said, if you do those things, man, you've had a great day. So. <laughs> You've been moved to tears, Charlie. Yep. So you can look at this passage really in two ways. I was sitting there while you were thinking. Then I want to blow your mind with something, okay. and then we're going to end. Um, so what we've really given you today is the how we can. Mm-hmm. 
enter into his presence. Right. Next week, as we really start at verse 22, what we do yes. in entering into his presence, drawing near and, and mm-hmm. that a little bit more of a how to, but what we do. Yes. To our part. So today we talk about Jesus' part. Now it's next week what will be we our part. Mm-hmm. And because it, you can't just roll up in there and all your sins. That's right. You know, uh, no. Right. That's not happening. So today, legit this morning, we're going to bring this to a close. We have like three minutes left, maybe two. <clears throat> have you ever stopped to think, I legit had this thought this morning. How long forever is going to be mm-hmm. when we're in the presence of Jesus? I don't know what got me thinking about that. Right. Well, I was thinking about, I think about the world, America, um, the craziness that we got going on. And I began thinking about the, the rapture. And then I began thinking about the millennial, you know, the, then the tribulation and then the millennial reign. And then my thought was, I cannot wrap my mind around the fact that we will then live in perfection forever and ever right. and ever. I don't think we understand that. We don't. Something that we flat out don't deserve. Right. You ever stop and have, I mean, it like just blows my mind. Right. And that's where my mind goes. See, I'm ready for the rapture. Mm. You know, some Christians are not. Yep. I'm ready for the rapture. Right. I'm ready to go be with Jesus. Yep. As much as I want to, I've got more living to do. Man. Yep. Call us home, Jesus. Yes. That yes. life would be so much better. Yes. So anyway, closing <laughs> thoughts really quickly because we have one minute. Um. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll give a shameful plug and say, go back to my blog post. Um, it's filled to overflowing.home.blog and read the blog post about um, Hebrews 4, which is titled The Throne of Grace, um, because we it, it, it gives to you an idea of, um, again, like we said, the confidence that we have in entering that throne of I've grace. I've read it. It's really good. Go, and, do it. go read it. Um, and then... Um, you know, it, it just give thanks to Jesus for what he did mm-hmm. and for the access that, that we can have and, um, and just keep reminding yourself of that access and what, um, what Jesus did for you and give thanks for that. Hey, you got to preach the gospel to yourself every yes, day. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's important right. um, because we'll think we, we, we'll begin to think we're not worthy to enter his presence. And ultimately, in ourselves, we're not, but by the blood of Jesus, goes right. back to the blood we are right. able to enter his presence. Right. All right, close in prayer, girl. All right. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. And and God, we thank you that you, um, from the beginning of time, before even you created anything, that you um, desired for us to be in relationship with you. And so, um, and you set forth a plan where that we can come and be with you and be in your presence. And so we see here um, what you have done and how Jesus paid the price for us. And so I pray that we would live with our eyes and mind set on that, um, that we wouldn't take it for granted and that we would um, boldly approach your throne knowing that we can because of what Jesus did. And so we thank you for those truths. And I pray for those who are listening who um, aren't sure about those truths, but Lord, that they would seek you because we know that then they will find you. And so we just thank you for your blessings all around. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And once again, this is the Mosaic of Marion. And we're so glad you tuned in for us with us again. I'm Hank Meadows, Pastor of Marion Baptist Church. Mr. Mona is with me. And we want to thank you once again next week. We'll be part two of how we approach the throne. All right. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.